going on, everybody? This is me, Ebony. I'm back with another podcast. Welcome. Today, I'm going to be talking about becoming financially, emotionally, and spiritually whole. I'm going to also be talking about the things to move forward to become financially free. If you would like to learn about this, just keep listening. So, in 2019, if you do any study, you will see that not only is the United States in debt in us as a country as a whole, every country that you can think of on a map is in some type of debt. But it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. But talking about individual, individuals personally, being in debt over, over your head is a bad thing. I know that according to you know, Experian, Equifax, in TransUnion and when you have, you know, your credit score and your FICO credit score, being in some type of debt is seen as good credit as long as you make payments periodically or on time, basically. They see this as good debt, meaning you're financially responsible. If you have debt, you have money that you owe, you give money back. So according to, you know, the federal government, you know, Experian, TransUnion, things like that, being in debt and paying off your bills on time can be seen as a good thing as long as you keep up on your payments. But in reality, being in too much debt, and to me, debt period, is, is no good. When you owe more money than you can pay back and when you're spending more money on top of what you already owe and you're spending more, more of your income than you're getting back, to me, that is... That's that's a red flag. That is a recipe for disaster. And going into the hole financially is not a place that any one of us want to be. So in, in the journey to moving forward to become financially free, we also have to talk about the things behind behind the scenes that are going on in our lives that makes us continue to keep taking out the loans, keep spending the credit cards, keep, keep spending money on things that, you know, we don't need. There, there's always things behind what it is that we do. There's always a motive. And if we can lock down on the motives behind why we spend, if we can lock down, you know, the motives behind why do you do what you do, if you can find out the why behind the what, I believe that there are some keys that can unlock the door to a lot of the things that are keeping you trapped. So emotional and spiritual wholeness goes hand in hand with financial freedom and financial wholeness. Because if you look at the world, and even if you go to a mall, what do you see? You see people shopping. You see people spending money. And you may not can tell on the outside, looking in, why people are spending what they're spending and why they're buying what they're buying. But I can tell you this for sure. Some of those people are in the store because they need need something. But the majority of the people that you see in the malls, they are spending money on things that they don't need, that they probably don't even want, but it catches the eye. You know, you ever look at something that you're like, man, I have to have that. Or you look at something and it catches your eye and you're like, I want to have that. But you have no need for it. You didn't think of it before you even walked into the store. But yet, when you walk and you see it, you feel like you have to have it. So when you see people shopping, going to malls, going to, the, you know, to stores, you can guarantee that 85 to 90% of the people who are shopping are buying things that they don't need, that they can do without. And they're spending the store credit cards. They're spending their personal credit cards. They're spending, they're taking out loans just to go shopping for something that you can pay for with your own money if you had a decent job. So why do people spend money? Why do people go into debt? I feel, well not feel, but I know, and even from my own experience, as human beings, we need it and we crave comfort. This is how God designed us he he designed us to to long for love and emotional support because ultimately we supposed to lean on him 100% and we are also supposed to lean on those who are around us but in a balanced way you know god doesn't mind if you know we are 
leaning on people and those who are in our lives, you know, like our friends, family members, confidants, uh, schoolmates. God doesn't mind if we lean on them for support and for emotional support. You know, like your husband, family, things like that. As long as you're doing it in a balanced way and you're not sucking the energy and draining the people around you to try to fill a void, then that's fine. But ultimately, we are supposed to lean on God 100% for our needs, for our emotional needs, for our physical needs, for our spiritual needs, for pretty much everything. You know, our mental needs, everything. We're supposed to lean on God 100%. And as God is feeding us and strengthening us, it's okay for us to lean on those who are outside of God as long as we're doing it in a healthy way. And we cannot give what we do not own and we cannot give what we do not possess so if we're trying to give support to people when we're not whole ourselves we're gonna we're gonna crash we're gonna fall we're gonna burn as human beings i know that we often look for comfort in places that are normally healthy in the beginning you know when you're a children you you know we look to our parents we look to our guardians we look to our siblings we look to our best friends and and schoolmates growing up because you know you're young you're innocent you see the world through you know innocent eyes but as you are becoming older and as we become older in life you know we get hurt you know these cycles are broken you know you're not always friends with the same person you were when you were in high school in college in, in middle school and when these cycles become broken you know when trust becomes broken when friendship becomes broken when that closeness that you used to have becomes broken we turn to other means to comfort our wounded souls and this is I'm not going to say this is normal but as human beings it's a mechanism to try to grasp physically what it is that we can touch because we have to touch something that's tangible. That's why some people, you know, I want to say don't believe in God because they feel like I can't touch him. I can't see him. How do I know that he's real? Whereas children of God, we know that he's real through the confirmation of the Holy Spirit. But there are those of us who we have to touch certain things outside of God in order to feel comfort. It's like an example of if you're in a relationship or if you're married and, you know, your your significant other or your spouse goes out of town for a long period of time, what do you do the first few nights that they're gone? If they're going to be gone for a week or two on a business trip or things like that or, you know, out of town, what do you do? You sleep in their shirt, you spray their cologne, you spray their perfume. You know, if you're a man, you know, married to a female, you spray their perfume because, even though they're absent physically from you, the things that remind you of them, the things that reminds us of them, makes it more real, makes it more tangible to say that even though you're physically away from me, I'm still going to keep you close, you know, in my heart and in doing the things and in wearing your shirt because it makes us feel close. And we don't even have to look to human beings to understand this concept. We can look at animals. You ever see an animal that likes to lay on, you know, their owner's clothes or they like to sniff something that is of their owners and while their owner is out, what they do, they, they, they will, you know, uh, you know, sniff their shirt, play with their sock and things like that because dogs, animals, they, they have a sense of smell, even though they have a, a, a sixth sense. They also are very strong and keen to smell. Smell gets them, you know, smell gets them riled up. You know, what happens when a dog doesn't, you know, see its owner for a while, but yet they're reunited? What is the first thing that an animal or dog does to make sure that even though you look like what I used to be used to, let me sniff and smell you to make sure that you are who you are. Let me smell your scent because I know that my owner had a particular scent. So let me smell you to see if you truly are who I think you are, who I want you to be. So these are some of the type of things that we do as human beings and as animals. And I'm using animals as an example so that you can understand my concept that when we're, we're broken and we're wounded, we, we have to touch things tangibly to try to fill a void or voids that have been left by people even ourselves. Sometimes we do things to hurt our own selves. And, and what we're doing is we're reaching out. We're, we, we are spending money. We are eating. We are overeating. We are overspending. We are 
trying to become codependent on people who, regardless of whether they're healthy for us or not, we just have to feel that closeness because that's what we were created for. We were created to fellowship with God. We were created to fellowship with another human being. And God's word said that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. And the Bible also says that man shall not live alone, meaning God knows that while we are on this earth as human beings, it's not good for us to be alone. It's not good for us to be desolate. It's not good for us to be lonely or to feel that the feelings of loneliness. Because as human beings, how he created us, we, we have to keep moving. We have to keep moving forward. We, we, have, to, we have to till the land so that, we, we, that way we can produce a season of harvest because that's how God created us. So when we're not doing what we are called to do, when we are not operating in our wholeness and in, in, in our 100% of ourselves, what we tend to do is we tend to to turn to things that are easy. And, and if you've even lived life past the age of 18, you can know that even an 18-year-old can, can tell you that things that are obtainable so easily and so fast is a lot of the times not good for you. So the things that we can grasp fast, like we can apply for a credit card and get it. We can apply for a loan and get it. We can apply for a car loan and get it. Even though you don't need a car, you have two cars, but you want another one. You know, you can, you, what, what, can, what also can you touch? You can touch food. You can eat it. It, it gratifies, gratifies your flesh. And although eating food is survival, but eating too much food can cause you to be overweight. Eating too much of one thing is no good for you. Eating too much, you know, fatty foods can cause cholesterol. So things that are obtained easily and readily is not always good. And... On a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the most dangerous of how you can use debt and credit and loans to spend because you have an emotional need, you, you have a spiritual need, you know, you have some type of void that you're trying to fill. And if I could be honest, in the past, I have not always been balanced on that scale. I have been tipping far to, far to the right with 10 you know, being the highest, I've, in the past, I've, you know, I've gotten out of balance, and I've gotten myself out of that, you know, and out of those situations, but I can tell you from experience that I know what that's like. I know what it's like to move far on a scale, doing things that you're not supposed to do, spending money that you're not supposed to spend, and just being out of balance with areas in your life just because you don't want to deal with the why behind the what is going to cause problems later on down the line. And not, not only are you still going to, you're still going to have to deal the, with the why behind what, because God is not going to magically take your situation away just because you don't want to deal with it. Like God is going to make sure and, and ensure that we deal with our problems so that way we can get out of the problems and that way we can learn our lessons humbly so that way when we're presented with an opportunity to fall into debt and sin again, that way we will learn our lessons so that way we won't do these things that we've done in the past and that God has helped us get out of because it's not a good situation to be in. You know, it's not good to be in debt. It's not good to, you know, overeat and to go to the doctor and let them tell you that, you know, you have high blood pressure, you have hypertension. Stuff like that is is not good. And we as human beings, you know, we want to gratify the flesh quick and easy. We want that thrill. We want gratifying events, you know, temporary happiness when we can't see the long term of the end results of perseverance and steadfastness when it comes to our wholeness and our well-being. So we turn to things like spending, sex, porn, drugs, prescribed and illegal drugs, abuse emotionally and physically. And if you live life long enough, you'll see that there are some people who really do get off on abusing other people. Why? Because they, they can't shift their pain to God. They can't give their pain over to God. They don't know how to. So what they do, they, they abuse those physically and emotionally and even mentally that are closest to them. Why? Because who, who is the closest to you when you are in pain, when you are hurt? Or a lot of the times the people who you're probably going to hurt the most because they're within your realm 
because they're close to you. They, they, they probably have your heart as well. So those who you feel have the most invested in you when you are already broken and, and not emotionally whole and not mentally whole, you feel like you have to lash out on and you have to hurt because they're the closest to you. You feel more vulnerable with them. And yet, people who are abusers, one of the main things that you can notice that are common with people who are, who are abusers, like, like that saying goes, hurt people, hurt other people, they tend to, to manipulate people who are codependent and who have a codependent mindset, meaning they can't, a person who, who is broken can't bring junk and mess to a person who's whole. Because a, a person who is whole can see the red flags and they can, they can see the blind spots. But a person who is codependent, who a, co, a codependent person is someone who feel like they can only live and breathe when they are connected to another person who needs them as well. So codependent people who are people who, whether they realize it or not, realize it or not are people who need to be with someone who needs to be with them. So basically, two broken people coming together, trying to become whole, but you're never going to become whole being dependent upon a codependent person who is in your same boat. It's like having a hole in your boat and getting in someone else's boat that has a hole. You're both still going to drown. It doesn't matter which boat you get in and get out of. If you're going to remain in the boat that has a hole in it, you're both going to drown. This ties into spending and being financially sound because when you, when you look at the world, when you look at the ratio of people who are in debt versus people who are millionaires, who are billionaires, who don't need, you know, need credit, what is the very common thing you see? People who are in debt overspend. They are in so much debt. They are overeating. They have addictions. Why? Because like I said before, these things gratify the flesh. In brokenness, if you live long enough, brokenness craves quick fixes. In any former broken person or a pastor or a minister who've ministered to, to broken people, they'll tell you the commonalities within broken people is that they tend to, to latch on into, into they, it's like they, they, subconsciously gravitate towards things that are going to get them deeper into where they are already are and which is not a good thing but it's the truth and I mention these things to to let you know and it and it it reminds me you know of some of my past uh choices it reminds me and it keeps me it keeps me humble and it keeps me you know on the right path is because you don't want to go back into something that you got yourself out of with the help of God. You don't want to go back into that. You know, you don't want to go back into that. You don't want to go back into, you know, gaining more weight than you can manage, you know, to to get up and get out and, and work out and, and have a good job. So getting out of debt and addiction and getting whole is it's going to require self-control and it's going to require discipline and a lot of healing on the inside because... What keeps you gravitating towards things that are no good for you is your brokenness, is your, your void that you have on the inside. And all of these things mentioned is filling a void that will never become full. Only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus can, can fill that void. Only he can, he can patch up the, the, the wounds. He can, he can heal your broken bones. You know, he can heal your mind. And in order for you to to become financially free, to become spiritually stronger, to become emotionally whole, you're going to have to get healed. And like I've done, you know, I, I've had to sit down with God. I've, I have, I had to read the Bible. I've had to write in my journal, you know, of the things that were eye-opening and were a revelation from God. But the reason why I'm telling you to do this is because I've done it. I've been there. You're going to have to sit down with God and you're going to have to pray about what it is that needs to be fixed and what needs fixing. And pray about how to have self-control to get out of debt if you feel like, I don't even know how to pay bills regularly. You know, I don't know how to be disciplined. I'm telling you, if you are serious about your walk, 
in your journey and to moving forward to getting emotionally whole to to become financially free i'm telling you without a doubt and i know this for a fact if you truly honestly pray and you mean it from the bottom of your heart and you say god i need help i need help getting out of debt i need help with self-control god i need help with discipline god is going to start putting self-control he's going to start giving you more grace to have self-control he's going to start giving you more grace to become disciplined you know you're going to walk past that i am in a store and your thoughts are going to be man that looks nice but your next thoughts behind that is going to be you know what i don't need that i have shirts in my, my closet i have pants i have shoes i have what i need i don't need to go out and buy another clothing item that's going to cause me to spend more money when even though it's ten dollars that's ten dollars that you can use to pay off you know a credit card or a loan and the banks will see that if you're trying to pay off you know your debt and even if it's ten dollars to them that's like you know what they could have took that ten dollars in and went out and brought fast food they could have went out and brought something that they didn't need but no instead they use that ten dollars that five dollars to pay off a debt that for one they knew that they shouldn't have in the first place because you don't have any money to you know what I'm saying to to purchase the thing that you need. So sometimes banks will see this and sometimes credit lenders will see this and if you call them to say, hey look, I need help and I need a, a, a spending plan and this is the type of job I have and this is what I make, you know, and this is my income, you know, can you help me? you know, set up a, a, a automatic payment or some some something like that along those lines. So that way you can show credit lenders and, and your bank that you're at least you're trying. You know, and there are plenty of things that you know you can do to actually get out of debt. So now when you're sitting down with God, you're reading the word, you're reading your scriptures, you're praying about what it is you need to do. You're praying about how you're going to get out of debt. You're praying about how you're going to sit up there and, and, and do X, Y, and Z. So my recommendation would be to set aside some goals, the big picture, write down and make a budget of how much debt you're in. Say, for instance, you owe $18,000, right? Say, I owe $18,000. If you're blessed to have a job, you know, and you haven't gotten laid off. And even if you if you don't have a job, you got laid off. Pray about God bringing an opportunity for you to get a job. And also, not only pray to have the opportunity, pray and ask God to open your eyes to the opportunity that is presented. Because a lot of times, what can happen is, is when you're in a dark place, when you're in a place of, man, I just want to get out of this. Sometimes you can become blinded by your own hurt, your own bitterness, your own anger. And you may not see the opportunities presented before you. So not only do you pray about having a job or getting an opportunity to, to have a job, to make income, also ask God to open your eyes to the opportunity that is being presented before you so that way you can take the opportunity. So as you're making your goal and you're saying, okay, I'm $18,000 in debt. And if you have a job, write down how much you make each paycheck after taxes and Make a list, say, these are the bills that I have, rent, um, utilities, you know, Con Edison, uh, if you're blessed to have a car, you know, car insurance, gas, groceries, food, things that you have to, that you need, things that you have to buy, you know, write those things down and then subtract if you can. And I know not everybody has you know, great paying jobs, and some people really are barely making it, even with paying half their bills. You know, if you're blessed to have money left over, you know, look at that and think, okay, this is what I have left over. Now, besides leaving a few dollars, if you're blessed to be in that situation to where you can leave a few dollars for yourself, just in case you need extra gas, just in case you need something, you know, with your car, things like that, set that aside for, you know, a little, a little safetyness, uh, because this is you trying, you know, in the beginning. The rest of the money that you have, make a plan to say, this is what I could put down towards my loan. Even if your loan already is $18,000, 
say, this is what I can pay safely each month or every two weeks or, you know, however long you get paid. Sometimes you may have a, a job to where you get paid like every six months or your job is based on a contract. You get a contract, you sign it, they pay you a percentage up front and then when a job is done, they give you the rest of the money. So whatever whatever income you have, make a set goal and say, this is what I can afford to pay off safely on my loans, my credit cards, you know, student loans, whatever it is that you have safely and still put money into your savings account. Having a savings account is going to also help you in the long run. Even if you're putting $10 a month in your savings account, it's something. It's it's Creditors look at that as at least you're putting money aside and you're trying to save. This is going to help you in the long run. So you make a budget. You you write down what you're making after taxes. You write down all your bills and you and you put down your necessary expenses, and then you figure out what it is that you can pay. Now, this is going to get you out of debt. And even if you have to get a second job, a third job, without killing yourself, like I said, pray about it and ask God to show you wisdom and give you wisdom and put it on your heart how you can pay pay off your debt and pay off your, your loans and things like that. And, and God, he really will give you insight on what to do safely and, and strategically and and to, to have a sound mind to do to do things like this. And if you're the type of person that you have like eight credit cards, I'm not sure like what the, the companies are, but I do know that you have the ability to consolidate your debt. So what consolidating your debt is, is having a company or some type of financial institution take on a debt of, say like if you have eight credit cards, they'll pay off your eight credit cards, right? Your eight credit cards is paid off debt. Now you owe them, but now this is all in one lump sum. So instead of you paying eight different credit cards, including a loan and things like that, making eight different separate payments, now you make one payment to this one financial institution that is saying, I believe you have the ability to pay off this debt. Let me pay off all of your your eight credit cards. That way you only make one payment to one institution once a month. And, and even if you have a second job or a third job and, you, and you're blessed to have money left over, I know it's going to hurt. I know you're probably thinking, man, I can, I can buy those shoes or I can buy that, you know, that backpack or something. Take that extra money, even if it's half of $100, even if it's $50 uh, that you can spare. Take that $50 and pay off that consolidated debt or your debt. And if you have loans, pay, pay the principal first. Paying off the principal is paying the actual loan and not the interest. So a lot of people and a lot of um, a lot of institutions, what they won't tell you is that when you're paying off a loan, what you're paying off is you're paying interest and you're paying off you're paying off the loan. So when you have a loan with the bank or instit- a financial institution, what you tell them, even if you wanna. Sometimes when you make your on-time payment, sometimes how the loan is set up is that you can't make principal only. You have to pay the the percentage of the debt, but also the percentage of interest that is growing on the loan that you took out. But if you are blessed to to have a loan with a financial institution that will allow you to make principal payments only, pay off the, pay pay off the principal of the loan first. And then pay whatever interest that you have that's left over. So that way the loan is paid off first. Then you can pay your interest later. Meaning you've already fulfilled your obligation to the actual loan. The interest is just so that the financial institution can make their money. That's how that's how they make their money. Not off the loan that you're given, but they make money off the interest that is paid on that loan. So say you take out $8,000 and you have four years to pay it back. Over that four years, not only are you paying $8,000, but if you're paying a percentage of interest on, you know, that $8,000, say within four years you pay 10% on, you know, $8,000, that's $800 that that financial institution is making on top of, you know, your $8,000. So not only are you paying $8,000 back, you're paying $8,800 back, and now they're making money off you paying them back money, but they're also making money off of you paying them. So pay pay your principal first <clears throat> if you are blessed to be in a situation to where you can pay off your principal first and then pay off your loan and then pay the interest later. Sometimes banks, most banks and most financial institutions don't have a problem with you doing that. Or 
if you're if you have an institution that won't do that, whatever extra money you have that's outside of the normal scheduled payment and you want to pay something early, when you make that 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 extra payment, it's best that you call them and try to make the payment through the phone or you know, online if you can. Sometimes when you pay up for loan online, it'll say principal only or regular payment. Always either tell the, the representative or pay online principal only so that way it'll hit their account and it'll say principal only so they'll know that you're trying to pay off, you know, whatever it is that you owe early. <clears throat> when you're trying to get out of debt, excuse me, when you're trying to get out of debt, downsize as much as you can. And when I tell you pride is going to get into the way, the pride is going to get into the way. But it doesn't matter when you truly are serious about getting out of debt and becoming financially free. Downsize wherever you can as possible. If you have children and you have to look out for your children other than just yourself and your husband or your spouse, your wife. Downsizing may mean and what downsizing may look to you is, is that you may have to move out of your house into an apartment. Now, you got to do the math because sometimes having, having a house or a house loan or a house payment, if you can, there are times when I know, you know, houses are, you know, loaned down from family and generation to generation, things like that. But I'm talking about like a house loan versus renting. If you're able and you're blessed to downsize into a, either a smaller place or someplace that's even a few hundred dollars cheaper than what you're paying, downsize. That's three or four hundred dollars in your pocket that you can use to pay off your loans, pay off your credit cards to get out of debt. Now, you may be concerned with, well, you know, what are people going to say about me? You know, what, what are they going to say, you know, when we're moving? It doesn't matter. You're not, you're not trying to keep up with the Joneses. You're not trying to impress broke people. You're trying to get out of debt so that way you can, you can be financially free. You know, some other tips and tricks that you can do uh, to try to get out of debt. And these are some of the things that I've done myself. Now, the whole coupon thing, I've tried to do the whole coupon thing, but I'm not good at that. But I've tried, but I'm just not that, that dedicated. But I pray and hope that you are. But I just didn't have the time to, you know, do do like how you have on those, stro- you know, those shows, extreme couponing. Let me tell you, those people who do those shows, they are the real MVP. Let me tell you, they need a golden trophy something they need then you know people who win those contests of extreme coupon coupon i feel like they deserve free food for the rest of their life whatever favorite grocery store they go shopping at if it's walmart if it's walgreens if you know if it's if it's target they need a free free uh free items and free food for the rest of their life if you can do coupon it and become successful with it and those people who, who rack up like a three, uh, $300 cart and they can only pay $10, man, you you shoot for the moon. You are the real MVP because I'm just not good at that. And I'm not going to ever be good at that unless I need it to be. Lord knows, nope, you can have that with the golden trophy, the award, whatever you want. But some tips and tricks is you can clip coupons. Clipping coupons and going grocery shopping, going clothes shopping is, is going to take percentage off, even if it's a dollar. A dollar here, trust me, when you are pinching money and when you are trying to save, you know, for those who are blessed to have good jobs, you know, a dollar may not seem like a lot to you, but there are people out there who they really are struggling. And a dollar, trust me, it can go a long way. It really can. You may not think so, but a dollar can go a long way. So get you some coupons, you know, for grocery shopping, for clothes shopping. You know, other tips that I have is shopping at what's called a Play-Doh's Closet. Like, I've shopped there before. So it's like a high-end thrift store where, you know, people turn in their, their clothes. And it's mostly name-brand clothes, and it has to be in great condition in order for you to give it. And you just pay barely, like, sometimes $5 for, like, a Nike shirt. Or you'll pay like three dollars and like seventy two cents for a pair of, um, you know, shoes that you brought from, you know, some Uggs. You know, you may pay like twenty dollars for some Ugg boots that would normally cost the average person at retail 
probably no less than $200, whereas you can get it for $20. So shop at, you know, stores that are, you know, thrift stores, the Salvation Army, Plato's Closet. And if you're interested in that, it's, it's Plato's Closet. It's spelled P-L-A-T-O apostrophe S, Plato's Closet. It's not anywhere overseas, but I know that it is stateside. Um, it's a lot of stateside stores. Um, I'm not saying they're within all of the 50 states, but I do know that it's a good chain. So you can probably find it in a lot of states that you do go to, especially like Chicago, Colorado, California. You can you can find this store. And if you, you are blessed to find it, I would say take a look. Even if you don't need to shop at a thrift store, take a look at it. It's, it's really good. Uh, another place you can go to is the Salvation Army. Salvation Army. I know some Salvation Army, you know, they sell clothes, they sell furniture. I know some even sell cars, but I, I haven't been to one that sells cars, but I've been to some that sell clothes and furniture. Um, eating out, you don't have to eat out all the time. If you want to celebrate, you know, becoming, you know, financially free, if you want to eat out once a month, that's fine. But basically, you're going to have to stop eating out as much. Start cooking. You know, start cooking at home. Cooking at home is going to save you a lot of money, especially if you have kids. Because if you're paying $20 to $30, even $40 for a mouth to feed um, a few times throughout the week, you know, even if you have leftovers, that's like, that's a few hundred dollars between your children, yourself, and your spouse. That's money that you can be using to either put into your savings account or to, you know, put towards your, your, your debt that you're in. So eat eat at home. Don't eat out, you know, often, you know, and start also another tip is to start saying no to people. Uh, if you have parents, you have to help them. That's different. You know, I do believe in, you know, the old school of you do have to honor your parents. I do believe that. But everybody else, a hey, tell them no. Tell people no. Start telling people no when they start borrowing money. I know that there are some people who need, but right now your main goal is to get out of debt. You need your money. They're grown and they are adults too. Just like how you can try to set yourself straight, unless, unless, unless the Holy Spirit puts it on your heart to help them. Unless the Holy Spirit does and God puts it on your heart to help them, help them. But if not, start telling people no. Because you cannot save other people and drown, okay? It's like being on a plane. They tell you in your safety briefing before you get ready to take off, put your own gas mask on before you put other people's gas mask on. Because if you try to help someone else, you're going to turn around and, and, and not have oxygen and you're going to die. So you're going to die trying to save someone else when those few seconds of saving yourself first could save you while you, you're probably trying to save someone else. So start telling people no. You know, that's your money. It's the money that you make. They can, you know, find other means to, tr- to try to get help as well. Um, and if you truly need something but not right away, you know, when there are things like sales, you know, wait until, you know, stores, you know, have a sale. You know, wait till the major, you know, major holidays, you know, after Independence Day, after Christmas, Black Friday. Normally when you wait, like, for those two or three events throughout the year, you can get... If not almost free, you can almost get like 75 to like 95% off of items that you may need, even if it's used, even if it's it's used, but it's still in great condition. Paying $20 for something versus you paying $120 for something is, is $100 in your pocket that you can use for groceries, for gas, for things like that. And don't be ashamed to shop. For things on sale, you know, don't be ashamed to shop, uh, you know, at discounted stores, you know, at discounted prices and, 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 and pride. Like I said, you're not trying to keep up with the Joneses and you, you have to stop trying to impress broke people because the people who you probably think that have money, those are some of the people who they probably don't have money just because a person looks like they have money doesn't necessarily mean that they have money. And like I said, don't be trying to keep up with the Joneses, even if they do have money, even if they, you know, they, they got it like that. You're not trying to keep up with them, you know, and they can probably tell you, you know, how they got there, how they got that way. They probably were frugal in the beginning, you know, like most first generation millionaires, they're very frugal in the beginning. And it sounds easy, but no, it, it really doesn't sound easy. And, it, and it's not easy. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. Disciplining yourself, your, your flesh is going to be hard. 
And if you don't, and if you don't believe me that disciplining your your flesh is gonna be hard, unless you're really determined and you just have that, you know what? It's all or nothing. You know, it's still gonna be hard. But I think sometimes determination and passion can outweigh, you know, your flesh trying to get control. But just try to fast for a few days and and tell yourself, no, you can't have fast foods, or try to go on a, you know, a Daniel fast or a vegan fast. You will then see. Like I've fasted before, and let me tell you. When you fast and you try to go on a fast for God and you try to fast and pray, fasting is one of the quickest ways where you can see exactly how much your flesh has control over your life. I mean, just the simple things like it's funny how you can go to work or wake up and not eat breakfast because you're so caught up in work and you're thinking, oh man, I'll just eat lunch. But try missing a meal for fasting. Let me tell you, that is going to be the hungriest you have ever been in your entire life. Okay? You are going to think, oh my God, I'm going to die. And you really think that in your mind because it's all psychological. But saying no and dying to your flesh is so, so hard. But once you start getting practice and practice and practice, God is still going to give you the grace for it to get better. But the first two days, man, it's it's still going to be hard. I don't care how... If you are like a fasting pro, those first few days is still it's still gonna be hard because your flesh is used to getting what it wants. Your flesh is used to to eating, you know, what it eats. But outside of that, some other tips and tricks is staying out of debt and getting out of out of debt and in, in your journey to moving forward to financial freedom is you know, try to do activities and try to find activities that you can do that are free. You know, you can go to a museum. You know, you can sightsee, go drive, you know, down by a river somewhere, you know, have a picnic in a park, you know, bring food that you make at home, take up exercising, you know, start also tithing faithfully, you know, when you, you tithe and, and don't have the mindset to tithe just to get money. But tithe, tithing is, uh, to me, tithing is a heart issue. Tithing is a relationship between you and God. So I'm not going to give too much advice on that, but I would say start tithing. But your, your motive behind tithing, that, that to me has to be a revelation from God. That, that's between you and him. But start tithing faithfully, and as you are tithing, God will give you revelation um, on that between you and him. Um, if you have children or even if you're single, you know, go to the, to the library and read books for free. And if you don't want to read them right then and there at the library, uh, Take the books home, you know, loan books out of the library. Like, you don't always have to to pay for a book or or go to Barnes & Nobles or go to, um, uh, not Walgreens, but like, uh, you know, these, these bookstores that they have, you know, or at your local store that sells books. You don't have to always go and pay $20 for a book. You know, that's what these companies do, you know, especially when you have big name brand people. Like, they, they'll pay for you know, some of these books to be in the library. So don't feel bad and think that, oh, you know, um, I didn't pay for this. You know, I'm not supporting them. No, uh, the, these libraries, I, I don't know the system that they have, but trust me, they're, they are not losing no money when you, you loan out books for free. And if you don't like books, you don't like hand-holding hand things in, in your, you know, the new school age, courtesy, I'm an old school. I love reading books. I love to feel the book. I, ha- I have to flip the pages, you know. I got issues, you know, I got to flip it. You know, if you're like the new school and you like ebooks, some libraries are are getting hip. And yes, I use the word hip. Don't laugh at me. Um, some libraries are getting very hip. They they um, are renting out books online. Like they have, you have ebooks. Like how if you went to Amazon.com and you brought an ebook. It's just like that. It's just like that. You you can log online. You can create an account and you will check out a book on you know an ebook i don't know if you can download it to like your device but i do know that they have an online account like a library to where you can like read stuff online so if you're not you know a handheld person do that you know it's free uh or almost free i, I don't th- i don't know if some libraries do charge but i know most libraries if they have ebooks it's free you know that's another way you can save money is 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 reading books on you know, becoming financially free, you know, debt-free, or, or how to invest your money, or, you know, or what to do with your money, you know, if you're trying to get out of debt, consolidate debt, you know, there are a lot of books, you know, that you can read, that you can read for free, like, you shouldn't, if you're trying to get out of debt, and you're very serious about it, you don't have to pay money for a book just to get out of, 
debt. You can you can rent these books for free. You can you can get them on loan for free. You know, and like I said before, in your your journey to moving forward to financial freedom, start speaking over your life. And if you have children, if you're blessed to have children, you're blessed to have a husband, you're blessed to have a spouse, start speaking over their lives as well. You know, and not just speak positive words, speak the word of God because the word of God has power. And I promise you, as you're speaking God's word and you're putting action behind what you're speaking, like you're speaking Malachi 3.10 and you're also tithing and you're also are disciplining your flesh into to getting out of debt to say no, that you can't have that meal to eat out, make a sandwich at home versus buying a sandwich in the store. I'm telling you, God is going to move in ways that you never thought possible, you know, and he, he may he may do a miracle. You know, miracles do happen. You know, it, it does. You know, miracles do happen. But a lot of times for, for most of us, miracles happen when you discipline your flesh. You know, miracles happen when you show God that it took you three years to get out of debt, but you did it. You know, you, you persevered. You, you, you were steadfast. You, you prayed. You spoke over, you know, your life. And... This may not happen overnight, but you know what? You're doing damage to the kingdom of darkness while fighting a good fight of faith. And you are also breaking generational curses if you, if you, if you haven't realized it. You know, maybe you, you have a generational curse of, you know, your family being in debt. You know, maybe God wants you to be the first person to be financially free. You know, maybe he wants you to be the first millionaire, the first billionaire, the first trillionaire, and, you know, so on and so forth. And maybe he wants you to pray over your children and so that they can learn how to pray over their children and you pray over your grandchildren. You know, maybe God is using this opportunity so you can break generational curses because God said that in his word that we shall be lenders and not a borrower. You know, we're not supposed to be in debt up to our eyeballs. We're not supposed to always want the nicest vehicle that we can see. And if you are blessed to pay for, you know, vehicles and clothings and juries, you know, a hole and you don't have to take out a loan and, and you're not going broke trying to do these things and you're blessed, God bless you. You know, God bless those people out there who have it because at one point they didn't. And those people who actually were born, you know, like we say with a silver spoon in your mouth, God bless you too because either your parents did it or your grandparents did it or your great-grandparents did it. Somebody did something to set you up for success to where you don't have, you didn't have to struggle like they did. You didn't have to discipline yourself. You didn't have to create a budget. And now here you are paying for things in whole, paying for things in full, and, and, and blessing those who are around you who God puts on your heart to do it in a balanced way, to pay you know, off someone's student's loans, to, to pay off you know, someone's credit card. It's, it's a blessing. You know, God bless you, you know, for being in that position. But for those who who, you know, have to start from scratch and, and who have to create the budget and who have to call the financial institution so you can consolidate your, you know, their debt and, and to start this journey from scratch, you know, God is going to be with them if they, you know, if you pray, if you, if you lean on him and if you lean, lean on his wisdom and you say no. And as you're saying no, I pray that you experience this, but I know as you're saying no to your flesh, I just, as you're walking, you know, you're walking in the mall, you know, just to be around the people and to window shop and say, oh, you know, I wish I had, you know, I had that. When you start saying no, the no's are going to become easier and you're going to find yourself saying no to a lot of things that you, you, you could buy to get into debt, but you're saying no because you know that for one, you don't need it. You know, you already have clothes on your back. You already have shoes on your feet. You already have food in your table. You don't need to buy extra things, you know. And if you even look at the uh, the millionaire who maybe living next to you, you don't see them always buying luxurious stuff. There are some millionaires and billionaires who do, but there are a lot of millionaires who you you might not have even known that they were millionaires just by looking at the car that they drive. You know, some of them drive old used cars. Some of them don't. They, they wives and husbands probably still clip coupons because it's a, it's a disciplinary that's instilled in them. And that's how they got to become who they've become. And that's how they, they've gotten financially where they are. So on this journey into moving forward into financial freedom, it's not impossible, but it is going to be hard. It, it, it is going to be a journey. It is. It really is. It's, it's going to test you. It's going to test your, your household. It's going to test your mental capacity. But I'm telling you, you can do it. 
you can get out of debt. You can pay off those student loans. You can, you can pay off those credit cards. And if you have to sell your car that you took out a loan for, or you have to sell your house that poverty has a, uh, equity in it, sell it. Sell your house. You know, make a profit. Downsize. You know, and if you and if you can sell your house and and make a profit, even if it's twenty thousand dollars or thirty thousand dollars, you know, use that to pay off. You know, your debt. Not all of it, if you have more debt than that, but at least pay off most of it if you can do it safely, and still downsize into a nice, affordable home or an apartment or a condo, or even if you have to sell your car. Now, cars is one of those cars. Unless you put money into it, you're not going to get an appraisal. You're not going to be able to sell a car. And, and truly make a profit unless you paid that car, car off. Um, and you can do that. But if you're, you're still paying off loans, you're not going to make a profit. You're going to probably barely uh, pay off that car and, and make some type of, of you know, profit from it. Maybe the car dealership will, you know, based on the next person, but you're not going to make a lot. But if it's enough for you to buy a car that's used but pay in full, that's fine. That's still a blessing. So in your journey to moving forward, you know, I I pray that you are blessed by this message. I pray that you start taking the steps towards becoming financially free. But most importantly, look within yourself to see the why behind the what. Look within yourself to see why do you overspend? Why do you overeat? Why do you you do the things that you do if you know that it's no good for you? Start start looking within and, and start seeing how within affects your, your outer realm and how it affects you, you know, as a person and, and how it affects your children. Because if you're blessed to have children and, and, and a spouse, you know, they're watching you. They're watching your every move, you know. What you're doing now is teaching them what they, they need to do in their future and either your 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 training them up to be blessed and successful or you're training them up to to be in debt and to be bound by the world and the financial institution of always owing somebody and always owing this and owing that you know teach them to apply for college and apply for a scholarship so i pray i pray that you were blessed by this message i pray that it is a blessing to you and it's and it's humble for me to even talk about it because a lot of people don't like to talk about you know um gaining financial freedom a lot of people don't like to talk about their finances a lot of people don't like to discuss how much money they owe because it's a sensitive topic because for whatever reason but I feel like knowledge is power and the more power that you use the the better off you're gonna be you know the better off you're gonna be so if you want to hear more podcasts like this, you know, leave a comment, leave, leave, you know, a message, let me know. And I can, you know, do some more research specifically on specific questions that you may have, you know, and if this, if this is just enough for you to go and do your own research, I've done my job. So y'all have a blessed day and stay tuned for my next podcast. Bye.